Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful repeat cast back for the third time is Judah Volderop. We are going to be talking today about positive birth psychology. Um, that is, she's a midwife and has been for many, many years. She's birthed 10,000 children. So she says, uh, pizzas are delivered, children are born. And I invite you to go back and listen to the other two shows that we did on actual midwifery, on birthing, on what is your right during birthing and everything else. But today we're going to be talking about that uh, during the times of the global pandemic, there are a number of people all over the world suffering from anxiety, depression, worries, uh, is constantly on the rise. And uh, that depression has risen by 300%. So the vision of pregnancy and birth does not seem to be a happy event anymore. Now there are so many changes in hospitals, the birthing experience has been overshadowed by uncertainty, anxiety, and worry. But we're not just going to be talking about birthing of babies today. We're going to be looking at the birthing of ourselves during this this new era and what, you know, what really the pandemic has given us. Um, the the clean canvas of which we can paint on because yes, we are bringing babies into the world and we're most certainly talking about that, but we're also talking about the rebirthing of ourselves and that positive attitude that we need in order to do that because doom and gloom and chaos is always there as a disruption to clean out the old and invite the new. So what are you inviting in? And that's your canvas. Make sure you paint it right. Welcome back, Juta. And thanks so much for having me again as a guest. I'm really super excited to be here because, you know, since we met last, some years back. It's too so long ago, yes. Happened. Yeah, it's wonderful. And so, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that you actually invited me with this topic because I think right now, especially at this point in time, as we all know, after the pandemic has been going on for many months, I can see how... Uh, important a positive change in every person is and how important it is to understand that one could be a pessimist mm -hmm. and still could turn themselves into an optimist yes and let me point it out also when it comes to pregnancy uh, these are very important nine months in life because i just saw a big study that resonated very well with what i know that when mothers are very stressed or anxious in the pregnancy it really has a huge impact on how babies develop in the womb, how they feel, and what's actually also going on much later in their life when they grow up. So what we do in the beginning has an impact on what is going to happen, well, to babies, children, families, and everything is connected. And mm -hmm. um, yes, you know, the, we have um, a medical doctor here who has been telling us all the way through the uh, pandemic, it's be safe, be kind, and, uh, I can't remember what the other one was, but um, be kind, I think, first has to start with ourselves because life is, is transforming around us and it's not of our own making. 
And so we can feel out of control. And, you know, people getting pregnant at this time, of which my daughter is one of them, uh, which we're very excited to have our first grandchild. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> at, at last, at last, you know, I said, I'm in the wheelchair <laughs> holding the baby, you know, so <laughs> at least got one coming. Um, but yes, you know, it's, she hasn't been able to see us as much, where you know, we'd love to have been there as more support. She's got a wonderful supportive husband, which is fabulous. But they're building a house also at the same time. And although his job is secure, sometimes he's working at home, sometimes in the office, it all depends what shutdowns were going in. It is a very stressful time for anyone under any circumstances, whether you are rebirthing yourself or whether you are um, carrying that beautiful seed inside of you. So how do we address the anxiety in these times? Yeah, good question. A question that actually many of my clients ask me. They look at me and say, Yota. I say, yes, <laughs> I hear you. And you know, they always say to me, but Yota, how can you stay so positive? Well, when, you know, the whole world is going crazy. Well, you know, uh, let me go a little bit back in time, how I actually got into this topic of what I call positive birth psychology. A few years back, I went to a big psychotherapy uh, conference in the States. And I met a man called Martin Seligman. He's actually very famous because he's the founder of positive psychology. And he was um, telling a story that really I thought was so amazing. Let me tell the story. And then I'll tell you what I say about anxiety. So he said when uh, he was still a young uh, psychologist, he was playing with his daughter in the garden. Yeah. And suddenly the daughter was five years old, threw her little uh, tools away and jumped through the garden, jumping around, dancing and singing. And he was a bit like, oh, what? And he said to her, sort of go back to your garden work. But then she said, but daddy, 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 remember, I was always one of those kids that would be crying all the time and whinging about this and that. And just before I turned five, I said, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to be different. And he said, then the penny dropped. He said, he, he really understood, wow, it's your mindset. It's what you think every day, what you tell yourself mm -hmm. is going to make a change. Mm -hmm. So then he said, this is how he started going from being a pessimist to being an optimist. And so he started looking into what do people do that are happy people, that are optimistic people. Now, one thing I have to say is when you are positive, um, doesn't mean that you have no permission to cry or to right. be sad or to be upset or even anxious. But the difference between that kind of people and that kind of people is there's one group of people right now they will just be eaten up by anxiety. They will be worn down, yeah? They feel this heavy burden. And then this other group of people, they will also feel like sometimes, <gasps> Oh God, how is it all going to end? Will I keep my job this and that? Is the pregnancy going well? And I'm pregnant during COVID and all this. Oh my God, will a husband come to birth? Or, yeah. All that stuff. But they were saying, right, I have a solution for each of that thing. And it might not be a, a, a real solution right now, but these people are the ones that always find something positive in everything. And the thing is, when you are more optimistic, when you are in a state of mind where you feel more optimistic, you find solutions and you find opportunities and options. When you are down, you're in a stuck state. So one thing uh, about it is uh, what are positive feelings? You know, that's one thing, for instance. So when we talk about uh, the anxieties, one thing is to first of all acknowledge it because we can't just say push it away. Yeah, if you're very anxious, you are very anxious. But the question is, where does it come from? What will it do for you? And what's the positive intention of your anxiousness? What does it really want to tell you? Mm. So you have to look into it. 
But of course, as you know, I know that you know that, every thought we have uh, will color our mind. Mm -hmm. Every thought we have will give a, a somatic experience in the body. So one thing is manifesting the next. So there's different ways how you can get out of it. Yeah. So. Yes. I think the first thing is to do acknowledge, you know, don't try and sup you know, suppress the way you feel. You know, there was a wonderful movie that came out um, inside out an animated movie that two fathers wrote on uh, observing their children. And our children are incredible teachers. They really are if we pay attention. And it was about a child with emotions and the caretakers of the child just wanted her to be in joy all the time. You know, why is she being sad? Why is she being mad? And, and in, the outcome of the whole movie was is that these emotions are an indication of how we feel at the time. If we're angry, what are we angry about? Address it. If we're sad, what are we sad about? If we're happy, well, what makes us happy? Let's do this more often. They're an indicator of how we feel. They're not a permission to get stuck in it, right? They're a, they're a reflection of the, and that's the thing. Be emotionally tapped in, but don't, don't get stuck in one emotion. So one thing that I sort of connect is, you know, that's, that's what, what is the basic of positive birth psychology. First of all, the things that you do on the inside, but of course, also the things that you do on the outside. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, you always have choices. Right now, you can uh, uh, sort of watch bad news all day long, and that's not going to help either. Yeah, but also <laughs> <Make it> suicidal. <laughs> exactly. Right now, you would get yeah, and it's not to ignore that, but you know, I think just listening to that, or like when you're pregnant, listening to bad birth stories mm -hmm. all day long googling all day, YouTubing, mm. and you know, getting more confused than you were before. All of that is not helping. But you know, there's interestingly the five pillars, yeah? One is, um, a, you know, uh, how can I say, five pillars of happiness, call it something like that. So one is positive emotions. One is your strength and how to get yourself into a flow. Because whenever you are in a flow, well, first of all, you become more creative. And also you're sort of, a bit in a process that feels good. Mm -hmm. And that's something important. You're Whether in a rhythm. Direction yourself towards the birth, you will mm -hmm. need to go into a flow, but also in life. And you know, everyone has been in a flow. Like even if you're a mathematician and you're more into logical thinking, every time when you really solve a problem, you are in a flow. Then of course, it's also our relationships. Yeah, The relationship to ourselves, the relationship to our body, to our mind, the relationship to our baby, and the relationship that we have in the outside world. And relationships have all kinds of coloring. So, you know, if you, uh, can I say, if you're more into positive things, you might sometimes have to clean out some of your relationships. You have to look like what of your friends and acquaintance are really doing good for you. Not in the sense of that they're doing something for right. you. Being good for kind you, of, good vibe around kind, you. Yeah, what mm -hmm. kind of conversations do they have? And you all know sometimes we know someone who's constantly just nagging, nagging and always finds, you know, the hair in the soup and never it's going to right. And sometimes in life, we can live with that very well. But sometimes in life, we also have to say, we'll step a little bit out of the picture uh, because sometimes it's just... Uh, the relationship to ourselves that says, well, can't listen to that anymore. And if the other person is not ready for a change, then for a moment in time, maybe it's good uh, to see which relationship is the one that really is give and take, give and take, mm -hmm. and makes you feel good. And which is the one that really won't do that. 
And of course, then there's other things, things like, what is your meaning in life? Mm -hmm. Now, you can mm -hmm. look at it in a general way, like at each person, what is your meaning in life? But when you are pregnant, the meaning of life is also, what kind of role model will you be? What kind of parent do you want to be? When you think small children look up to you and later on in life, they will say, oh, you know, my parents did that and that, and that made me feel good. So whether it's about uh, the parenting, what kind of parenting are you planning to do? And really, what kind of role model are you wanting to be for your children? So that is one thing. And then the last thing is also, what are you really aiming for in life? But certainly not just to go to McDonald's, eat a burger. I don't think, you know, sorry. I mean, I'm a vegetarian for 44 <laughs> years, so I'm not having that burger. But right. yeah, I look around in the world now. I sometimes think uh, uh, if I ask people is what is it that you really wanting in life? What are you aiming for? What is the deeper meaning in your life? What's the goal that you have? What's a short-term goal? Say in your pregnancy, okay, maybe it's going to be, I want a healthy pregnancy. I want it positive, despite whatever is going on around me. I, of course, want a, a birth that is positive, a positive birth experience, a satisfaction at birth. Uh, I want to have a good start into motherhood, fatherhood, family, all of that, and the rest of us, yeah? So the question is, what is the meaning of your life and what is the sense of that? Mm -hmm. So, and then there's different ways how you can connect it and how you act on it. Because now people will say, great, Jutta, sounds like uh, instruction in a book, yeah? But how am I gonna do that? And for someone like me, who is really quite positive, I mean, my mom used to say I was born an optimist. <laughs> it seems like very natural, okay, like this, like that, but I know when you are very anxious or rather uh, feeling low, then you have to kind of do something and act on it. You can't just say next day, next day, I will get up and do it. So there's different strategies that you can use. And I'm sure some of them you will know. <laughs> well, you know, it's redirecting, you know, um, acknowledging your feel sad, acknowledging that you're in, I used to suffer greatly from depression until I actually finally found the right medication that stopped me going down the rabbit hole. That doesn't stop me from feeling sad now and again, or just getting that overwhelming feeling, recognizing it's there and going, okay, all right, I acknowledge you. What are you trying to tell me? Am I needing to rest more? Um, am I needing to redirect myself to something happy? And of course, for me, headphones on and music, you know, will reset my vibration. You have to know yourself as to what is it that redirects you from that feeling into something that's going to transmute you, revive you, reflow you into a different pattern. But I think the first and foremost thing is acknowledge it. Don't beat yourself up for it and then go, okay, what works for me? which doesn't mean alcohol or drugs. You know, it means what activity, some people may go for a run or a swim or a bike ride or a jog or a hike. You know, what is it that's going to redirect you from that state of mind and put you on a path where you can come out of it at the end of it and go, ah, I feel good. But it, is, it does fall on us to know ourselves well, doesn't it? Absolutely, I'm absolutely with you because I think, you know, um, positive psychology, positive birth psychology will always incorporate uh, if you're really positive of course you're gonna live a more healthy life because mm -hmm. that all these things give feedback but you know what's interesting i read in a book by a, an american uh, psychologist her name is uh, barbara barbara friedman, mm -hmm. friedman yeah something like this 
uh, they did a study. She's a, a, a scientist, actually. She did a study, which I really like because, you know, I've been teaching yoga for a long time and I'm doing yoga for a long time. And of course, I also do a bit of meditation. And it doesn't matter whether it's walking, meditation, right, yes. uh, whether it's, you know, uh, mindfulness. Uh, in a way, it all points in the right direction. But I did a study when people did... Uh, people that were suffering from depression or from feeling low or even close to a burnout, when they would do a meta meditation where it's all about kindness, uh, already after a month, six weeks of doing this meditation a few times per week, they had an incredible change. But mm. you know what I found inter is, uh, interesting is what gave the biggest change is the act of kindness. Yes. So we all know that gratitude is really good, you know, and gratefulness and doing the exercise of being grateful for three things in the morning and then in the afternoon checking with yourself and telling yourself three things that you have done well today. That is really one simple way, I think very simple, but really highly effective to change the biochemistry in your brain and also to change the attitude about yourself by the act of kindness when you really help someone else that's what's going to do it. And I have to say, I found out now during this pandemic, even when you're pregnant, okay, you know, most pregnant women want to stay away from people. But still, many of us, you know, I live in the heart of Berlin. It's a big city. So there's lots of people around. They always say, but you might still have an old neighbor that can't go out or someone else in your neighborhood or in the house where you live. And so if you go out for a shop, why don't you just buzz and ask, can I get you something? And that would be an act of kindness. Yes. Yeah, Act of kindness can be something so small. But again, in all the studies that I found about uh, how to get yourself out of feeling low and being depressed, the act of kindness, when you really do something without expecting anything back, that is absolutely, I have to say, 10 points. That's going to do it. It can be simply a smile. You know, it can simply be an acknowledgement of seeing someone and giving them a smile. Hello, how are you today? Because exactly. how many times do we walk around and people have just got their eye on the phone? They don't even look up and we, we've become nameless uh, because nobody's seeing us. So how about as you walk down the street uh, or in the supermarket or wherever you are, you know, look at someone in the eyes. Hi. You, and you know, good day or whether this or whether that it's acknowledgement that we do exist and that is an act of kindness in itself because it's acknowledging that you see someone and you know you could send an email to someone right now or drop oh, them a video you could, you could, right you, know? you could also you know you could there's so many fantastic things you can do mm -hmm. for instance what is really nice is to give a compliment even yes. to a total stranger yes. compliment are really like the gift of the day. And I think about some people like, you know, the, the woman in the supermarket working at the cashier, yeah. you know, and sometimes I can tell, wow, she looks so tired. And so you don't know, to give a compliment. That's something that is so easy and it makes such a huge difference. Yeah. Oh, so, thanking yeah. her. You know, what, yeah. what, uh, what COVID has done, what this pandemic has done, it showed us that our essential workers are our heroes. Right? Oh, and, and so many of them have had to work extra long hours and they're in their own anxiety that, you know, does a, a selfish client come along, customer come along without the mask, you know, and are yeah. they placing themselves at risk? Yet they do it every day. And so, you know, it's thank you for being here. You know, Absolutely. how are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm hoping that you're going to get a break soon. Acknowledgement, gratitude, it goes an awful long way. And 
yes, it's great if you can do something financially uh, for someone or go shopping for someone or this and that, but sometimes it's just simply letting people know you see them, hear them, and you're grateful for them. Absolutely. And, it's, and, it's, yeah. I agree. It's the small drops, yeah? yeah? Small activities every day. And if you say, so if you would ask yourself, okay, hey, Sarah, hey, Yuta. Can I give one compliment per day? At least mm -hmm. one compliment per day to a total stranger. Yeah? Yeah. I think that would be, that is a good start. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I mean, a lot of people turn to social media, which yes, of course, you know, we're home, we're doing that. Some people give social media a bad rap, but we've got to remember it is a rhythm. It is an algorithm. It is going to bring to you the kind of things you put out or the kind of things you like. So if you don't want the negative and the people that are on doomsday, don't have anything to do with them. And, you know, it's going to scroll a line. You find something that somebody has written, a poem, oh, a, a statement, sure. a picture, respond to it. Interaction, instead of waiting for people to come to you. And I think this is something that gets people stuck, whether, you know, they're birthing themselves or birthing a child or just, you know, rebirthing life in itself, is that if you're not proactive and interactive, you're going to miss out. Oh, absolutely. And I have to say, you know, I know this all this discussion about social media, but the thing is, we created it, okay? Right. We created this big network. And I also think it is such an opportunity, yeah? For yeah. me, it, nothing is just bad or good. It's no. how you use it, how you approach it. Exactly. Yeah? I mean, surely if you just spend 20 hours in front of social media, I think after 10 days, it's not going to be very good, yeah? But you still, I mean, for me, I've connected with so many people all over the world, and I still do. And, you know, I think especially in this time, I said to someone, you know, in a way, as bad as it is or crazy, as fantastic it is that we're in a digital time because we right. can still connect, we can speak, we can FaceTime, yes. we can see our old friends that live God knows where. There is so much in it. So, you know, for me, it's not about good or bad or good or bad. Right. But I still want to add something into uh, the gratitude because, I mean, as I know that you know that uh, gratefulness and gratitude has shown so much positive effect. The question is for me always just one thing. People know something, but are they doing it? Right. But uh, what also has shown a really wonderful effect, and that is something... Uh, that I did uh, for someone this year. No, sorry, this year is too young. Last year. <laughs> this year is only a few days old. Such a newborn baby. Yeah. And it's really that um, you express your gratitude to someone that either has been a, a person that really changed something in your life or someone that was in your life a long time ago and did something again that you felt had a big impact. Doesn't mean that the other person really has to think, wow, she or he had an impact. And so either you write a long letter mm -hmm. where you say what, you know, this person has done for you, what the meaning was for you. Now, I think before the pandemic, you could have gone, delivered the letter or, you mm -hmm. know, put yourself in front of the person and just really read it out. But, you know, if that's not possible, I still think it would be a lovely thing or wonderful if you either ring up the person and you say, well, I have a letter for you. And I would like to read it to you. I've done it to a friend of mine as a birthday present, where mm. I said to her, uh, here is what and what and what I'm ever grateful for, because this and that is what you gave me for my life. Mm. And you might not even be aware, you know, and I think that is something really amazing. And again, 
it's about the connection, the relationship, and the way we live our life. Because, you know, we choose how we, look, how we live our life. That is for sure. Yeah, 100%. Everything is a choice. Even abstaining from a choice is a choice. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make a choice. You just made one. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, you know, one of the things from doing these shows for so long now is I realize of how many inner children there are that are trapped because of the way they were brought up and that reflects on the people as an adult. And it doesn't matter how successful they've become, that inner child is still longing to be acknowledged and to be loved. And, you know, when we're talking about the actual midwifery birthing, it's extremely important, you know, and I love the fact that you are, have always and are expanding on midwifery, going around the world, teaching people midwifery techniques, because the sterilization of a hospital, and in, my, in the first show, we talked about the horrors of my pregnancies and, and uh, deliveries, and, and, mm. they, and it's almost like on the clock, come on, you're too long now, we've got to pull it out, you know, whereas if, um, if a midwife is with you and goes with the flow of the baby, the flow of the baby being, you know, when it come out, when it is, and you, what you're doing is you're setting the stage for that baby to come out in, safely joyfully calmly and that's really really important on the psyche for the child because my second child had a dreadful um a a dreadful nine months and then when he was born um his head got stuck they broke the forceps you know it was Mm -hmm. it was terrible and this child was traumatized for a long time after oh, yeah, that and sure. took him on you know and he's a very gregarious social person but that really when he in his youth he really traumatized him there for a while and it's um it stays with us so that birthing the best best uh, technique that you could have around the birthing you know do you want the music who do you want around you um you know the people you want around you is extremely important but the also the birthing of ourselves this is kind of what I think COVID has been all about. It is Absolutely. for us to look at all that was not working. And believe me, folks, there was an awful lot not working. And to really, really look at our lives and go, what is important? All of us have nearly faced death here because we have no idea where it is around the corner. Anybody no. can get it, right? <laughs> exactly. And especially with the new you know, strain. And nobody is immune to it, however much they think they are, however young they are. The whole point is, is we're all vulnerable. Being vulnerable allows us to really reflect in, to really look at our lives. Are we on the right track? Are we just living life by an expectation? Are we living life from our heart, our soul, our gratitude? Mm. And I think this is a fabulous time to really look in and look at birthing yourself in the same warmth, in the same light as we would birthing a newborn. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, again, let me share uh, just uh, last year, I was been running and invited to conferences to share positive birth psychology. So, of course, my colleagues, they were all birth workers, midwives, doctors, were thinking it's all just about how to apply that to the pregnancy, to the woman. But I said, sorry, you have to eat your, your own soup first before mm. you can dish it out. Because I'm honest, how can you be congruent? How can you say to someone, I'm going to share great techniques for you, how you can be more positive, resilient, healthy, happy, if you are actually not uh, at least, you know, on that same path. So I yes. said, and you know, the thing is, I have to say, whether it's uh, in the work uh, of birthing or whether it's in the world of the pandemic right now, 
I'm honest. There's a lot of people traumatized right now. A lot of people, as we spoke in the beginning, suffer from great anxieties. And so, you know, after so many months now, and this, as you said, the, now the next strain being uh, extra crazy, now people get really, really scared, I have to say. And a lot of people are a bit out of breath now. <sighs> no more steam left. So, yeah. you know, that really shows you now how who, now you can divide people into groups already. You can see the ones that are really suffering and low down, and I feel for them. And you can see the ones that kind of struggle along. And then you see the ones that still float on top, even that like all the other ones, they are facing exactly the same problems. Yeah, mm -hmm. Because as I shared earlier with you that my dad just passed uh, uh, two months ago and my dad passed through COVID. Yeah? And I don't want to hear all this, my dad was old because my dad was very resilient and very strong. Yeah, ages, ages, do not just think because somebody is old, okay, then it's all right. No, no death no, is all right no, at any no. age. And you know, we all have, like, we all were born. Surely we mm -hmm. all have to pass, but the question is still how, but that's a yeah. different discussion. Anyway, so, you know, I tell people, look, I have my own life. I have my own stories going on, but it won't help my life or my work or it's not my perspective to just be always down on my knees. Of course right. I cried because I was sad, but still, you know, I think that's what I said to you earlier. This is where you see true resilience. But mm. the thing is, I know people can learn how to become more resilient. People can learn how to become more happy and still see opportunities and a glimpse of light at the horizon, no matter how dark the light right. is right now. Yeah. So. Resilience, it's a word, as we said earlier, is, is a word that's kind of gathered a momentum because people have had to be resilient. But through that resilience, there is an insight of just how capable we really are. You mm -hmm. know, in, in the, since March of last year, I've been doing a great deal, many shows around the COVID on our resilience, on our pivoting, on the redirections, on, on getting through it, you know, stress or immune system and everything else. Um, and we're still addressing it because we're still in it. And even once we come out of it, there's a different form of recovery, a different oh, form yeah. of renewal. So we're still in preparation for what is to come and what we're in the midst of. And if that resilience, you know, it, I always say to people, you, you're being asked to wear a mask, wash your hands, keep social distance or stay home. You're not being bombed. You're not being starved. You're not being tortured. So just have some respect for your fellow man because I don't want to hear the excuses or my, my rights or anything else. You have no right to infect someone else. No, right? I'm so, absolutely with you. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it could be so much worse. And of course, for the people who have lost people, you mm. know firsthand what it's like. You, somebody's been taken from you too soon, not by their choice, but by somebody else passing it on. And if they're knowingly out there that I'm afraid I can't have any time for them a day at all because I won't buy those excuses. Um, mm. That resilience that we need to have right now is one that needs to be really the sharpened tool in our kit at the present moment because we're still in the midst of it. We've still got to come out of it. Even if you are birthing a child in this year or have just birthed a child, you know, we're still in it. So there's still that resilience you need to have, which doesn't mean panic. There's a difference between panic <laughs> and anxiety and the resilience and positivity, right? Mm. Be careful which one you feed. <sighs> yeah, definitely. Be careful which wolf you are feeding. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 
But I have to say, you know what amazed me last year is, because, uh, you know, um, I had a lot of uh, clients um, that, you know, surely gave birth during COVID. And we're all kinds of people with all kinds of backstories and what and what. But, you know, um, in the classes that I teach, surely I was talking about how to give birth during COVID, yeah, because I needed to prepare people. And I would say to them, look, First of all, you, it will strengthen your partnership if you do it right. Because, mm-hmm. okay, you're locked in at home. So there's many things you just have to do and stay home for a long time. But I have to say, one couple was in my course um, and they said to me, Jutta, we don't care about COVID. We wanted a baby for 10 years. We did everything. Mm-hmm. Nothing worked. And then we gave up. And this year, 2020, yay! We became pregnant. We don't care about COVID. For us, it's the best year of our life. Right, so I exactly. said to everyone else, look, look, this is what I call optimism. This mm. is what I call positivity. Because, okay, it's a major world crisis. But these people, they said, for us, 2020 is always going to be the best year of our life because we had this wonderful gift of our pregnancy. Right, so right. It's a question of perspective. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. You know, um, making lemonade out of lemons. I mean, lemons are incredible fruit. They're, you know, anti-cancerous, they're cleansing, then this and that. Mm. And if you get given a bunch of lemons, say thank you, because there's so much you could do with them. So I love I love lemons. I I know it's nighttime for you over there. The, The thing about birthing today is, you know, the positive psychology around it is, Every single person on this planet that ever has been, has been birthed, has been born, right? And we all came out the same way, whether it could be C-section or or the other section, but we all came out. Some mother was in pain because, yes, it's painful, but it's the one pain you're willing to go through because of what you're handed at the end. And then you forget all about the pain and you go do it again. I did it three times. <laughs> so you wow, forget all about so the pain. amazing. <laughs> well, I could, yeah, love, let love rule is the thing, you know. Yes, <laughs> yes. A few of those fantastic hormones are going to help along the way. Right, yeah. right. One thing during this pregnancy, you know, if you are pregnant during COVID or, you know, having a child while we're still in this pandemic is you can't, you know, you can follow caution. You could be sensible, but you cannot be um, overguarded or panicked because that changes the chemistry in your body and you're passing that anxiety down. So one of the things that I've used a great deal of through this time period is common sense. Use your common sense. Don't put yourself in an arena where you know there's an awful lot of people that aren't wearing masks or anything else choose your time to go shopping, go for a walk, get that fresh air and do good for yourself if you can't go to the pool and you can't do all those other things that you wanted to do. But common sense, because if we panic or we get, you know, um, conspiracy or we, you know, we start buying into the hysteria, all we're doing is changing the chemistry in our body, weakening our immune systems and making ourselves vulnerable. Yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm absolutely with you and I totally agree. And, you know, I have to say, and, and you know, I still have a, I have a lot of clients here. And so, you know, first of all, I always let them choose, would you, what, do you want to come and see me in person? Which, of course, you can. I'm sure we, you know, do all the precaution. Or I work with people through Zoom, like the session that we have. I offer that for some things. They still have to come for treatments. And 
But you know, I have to say, my parents to be are all kind of really acting smart and still a couple of got still sick going to the dentist maybe or something mm -hmm. and got COVID. Yeah. Some of my uh, ladies had uh, uh, Corona, but um, yeah, I have to say, I always tell them use the time wisely, even yes. if you feel like you can't really go to many places and you can't connect with so many other women that are pregnant, you can still use the time wisely. You can use it to connect with your baby. Yeah. You can start great cooking mm -hmm. yeah you can really improve your whole lifestyle and you should not really think it's it's uh, you know all just bad i agree right. you yep. can make most out of the time and many of those women actually have done that mm -hmm. of course i have to say they really miss uh, connecting with other parents to be and all of that Again, all I can say for that is thanks to social, not social media, but thanks to the digital time, you can still connect people in a group. But yeah, that, that maybe is the downside of that. But, you know, I also think it's a time to look more inwards, to really think who, what is it that you want? How are you doing that? And it's also time for, you know, how can we say, yeah, working on your partnership, especially when you're pregnant, because mm. I absolutely agree when you feel very stressed, as I said uh, earlier in our conversation, when you're very stressed, it has such a really negative impact on how your little baby is growing inside. Because instead of being showered uh, with every beat of your heart with love and love hormones like oxytocin and, and all other lovely hormones that work so well, all you get is stress, stress, stress. And when you're inside the womb, you don't know what life is. Right. All you know is what's happening inside. So your picture of life is, okay, I'm constantly stressed and I'm constantly anxious because if my mom is anxious, da, 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 I don't I want to go out anxious. into that world. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you really want to think, what do you want to teach your baby? What? Because the womb is the first classroom in our life. Mm. And the thing is, uh, how can I say, having a little bit of stress every now and then, that's okay. Even in the stone age, people had stress, yeah? Mm -hmm. and I think it's normal, it's part of survival. But yes. constant stress is really bad. So you really should use your common sense, as yeah. you said earlier, and think a little bit, what's really going on? Is that really true? What, what is really behind all that stuff going on? And what does it mean for me? And what can I do with that? Right, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, again, it's been the gift of reflection, of looking at our lives. And if, you're, if you are pregnant right now, you know your life is about to change. You know, when that little bungle, <laughs> that few pound bungle comes into your life, your life has just done a, you know, like, you can't remember life before the baby. You know, what did I did all those years beforehand? Because no, the baby no, literally can't. takes over completely and will do forevermore. You know, I don't care how old my children are, how tall they are or anything else. I've got from 32, 36, 38, they're, they're still my babies and I still want to hug them. And, you know, and that will never change. Um, so, yes, we don't, you know, my second child, there was a great deal of anxiety going on around me at the time when I was pregnant and then a dreadful birth. I even went into a coma before I um, delivered him. And so it reflected on him in his first few years. Sure. And we don't want that on our children. So, you know, we need to keep calm. You know, 
do the yoga, do the dance, put the music on, you know, do whatever you know you need to do. Breathing, don't forget to breathe. Because not only breathing is absolutely essential in the giving birth process, but it most certainly is essential in getting through anything in life, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, look, I love the power of breath because I always say to my moms to be, look, breath, breath, breath is your best friend. Breath is with you all day long from the moment you are born. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't have to put it into your handbag or something. You have it with you. The only thing you have to do is you have to train your brain. You have to train yourself (coughs) because if you have never done breath work, then uh, even if it's very, sometimes the most simple Breathing exercises will have the most uh, effect on your brain, but uh, you have to do them. And if you don't do them, then how will you be able to suddenly remember, oh, inhale to the count of four, Mm -hmm. exhale to the count of eight when you're stressed? Because when you're totally confused and stressed and in panic mode, well, your brain is going to go blank. So you have to actually, in a way, agree, you have to develop some positive habits. And positive habits is... Not telling yourself, oh, every Sunday I'm going to sit down and I'm going to exercise two hours. That chunk is usually too big. So yeah. I think my advice is always, why don't you just do a few minutes every day or after breakfast, you tell yourself, right after breakfast, I'm just going to do a couple of very easy, simple breathing techniques. And so every day, every day, with just a few minutes every day, you change everything what's going on for yourself. And I love breath. I love breath because breath is amazing. But we don't pay attention, do we? We don't acknowledge our breath until we're out of it. I mean, you know, I'm an asthmatic. So I I know, you know, when I don't have breath, I know know, it's scary. Even as a child or even as a young adult, I used to pass out um, before I could get it back. So I know exactly of not being in breath. And I think, again, going back to the word gratitude, if we could be grateful for our breath, Literally in that breathing exercise, I am grateful for the fact that I can take in oxygen and I can let out, um, not only let out, you know, the carbon, but let out the, um, the anxiety along with it. You know, mm. take, when we say to someone, take a breath, you know, take a moment, breathe. If, if we're getting angst about something, take a few moments just to breathe, acknowledge your breathing inside and out. It will calm you down instead of you reacting to something that's just going to rile you up. So I think breath is something that it doesn't matter, man, woman, dog, cat, fish, breath is important. And we all need to be grateful for it and acknowledge it. (laughs) Breath is the number one thing. And once you really get into breath work, you will actually understand the different qualities of your breath, the meaning of your breath, the power of your breath, well, the, the whole volume it can create, the strength, how you can move things with your breath, um, how you can change things inside and outside. Oh, it's amazing, you know. I mean, I found a guy who is the, uh, the world master uh, of uh, holding his breath 22 minutes and 30 wow. seconds. Yeah, well, but you know, he's uh, a guy that has done this practically for many, many years. Yes, no, don't try uh, it at home, folks. <laughs> please don't try it. No, don't. I'm going to see you know, if I can beat his record. <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's wonderful uh, to play around with breath and to see what it does and how does it feel. Yeah, whether you add some color into your breath, some mm-hmm. positive thoughts, inhaling ease, exhaling peace. Yes. Yeah. You can Visualization. 
Yeah. You know, it, really you know, it's things. water is such a conduit and it's so utterly peaceful. So, you mm. know, it, I think sometimes it's kind of doing those breathing exercises while you're in the shower, that connection to water, um, or even imagining yourself, you know, diving into the water, the cleansing, the smooth of the ocean and oh, the water, yeah, and then absolutely. coming back out, put a positive visualization with it. And then, then it's, it's not like breathing in one, two, three, breathing out one, two, three, no. you know, you're, you're visualizing something beautiful and that just makes the breath expand more and exhale more because oh, yeah. how many people are waiting to exhale? <laughs> you know, the thing is, what can I say? When, when I work with my, my parents to be, you know, I also work with hypnosis, I work with NLP and all of that is about uh, visualizing things. Mm. That is one part of it. So I always uh, ask them to see a certain picture. Like I've been to Austria last year. So, you know, I was up in the mountains. So I thought it's a beautiful picture to picture inhaling as you would mm. go up the mountain and then exhale and still feel yourself getting lighter. So, you know, there are so many things. And I put together something called positive birth breathing, where we connect positive feelings mm. and memories with our breath. And that is something that works incredibly well. So there is a, a ton of things that people can do. The question is, do people do it and how can they do it? And that's what I call, again, you know, how can you develop positive habits? Because, you know, the thing is sometimes when people feel stuck, they have very little motivation to get up and do something. And that is sometimes their own blockage that they have to really overcome. That's why I always think doing something really small, one compliment per day, Three positive thoughts in the morning. What are you grateful for? The sun is shining. You can breathe. Your baby is moving. Mm -hmm. Your partner snoring. Whatever. <laughs> and then really simple. In the first steps, also to really acknowledge three things that you think you have done really beautifully or really well today. It can mm -hmm. be something very small. It could be, okay, I was able to get out of bed. Uh, I rang this friend of mine. I smiled at someone. So I think, you know, one has to also learn a bit of kindness towards themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think and, that's and, you know, it, to acknowledge, you know, what I'm, I'm having a, a bad day and I need time for my own nurturing. I need but to hug myself. And, hmm? <laughs> but even that is something positive. If that's, that's what I'm saying is, well, is exactly. the acknowledging it and I need to do something for myself. And if it's a day where I need to sleep, then my body, my mind, my psyche needs to sleep. Do I need to go for a walk or music or just shut the world out? It's whatever it is you need to do. Don't feel guilty about it. Listen to your psyche. Listen to your body. It's telling you what it needs from you that's going to help you continue with your resilience. Ignoring it means it will add up and add up. And the next thing you know, the carpet's being pulled from underneath you. So those kindness days to yourself are not being selfish. They're in preparation of. And there are the resilience that you're building in order to move forward. So if we need to take a day out just to be in whatever we need to do, whether it's sleep or whatever you need to do, do it because that's your rejuvenation. Absolutely. I do agree. That is your rejuvenation. And that is one key of keep on going. Yeah. And, you know, I think, again, as I said, there's so many ways how you can uh, give some kindness and that is, you know, empathy is something that is for free. Feeling right. for someone, being kind to someone is something that, you know, everyone can do. And coming back to whether it's birthing yourself, whether it's birthing a baby, 
or being the midwife, being around, uh, I always uh, said to my colleagues, empathy is for free. Empathy mm -hmm. is something you carry inside. It's something that you can give to anyone, whether it's uh, uh, someone on the street, someone in the subway, whether it's someone in a hospital, someone you know or you don't know, uh, whether it's in your work as a midwife, whether it's during uh, in your partnership. And, you know, I think empathy is something that is really needed, especially in times like this. Yeah. And I also think, you know, <laughs> empathy makes people likable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see, like when, when someone has... Yeah. 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 It really is something that makes you likable. And again, here is uh, something uh, for the birthing part. When people like you or think you are sympathetic, yeah, they will do an extra mile for you. They right. will do an extra stretch for you. But also uh, was a study that showed when the people at the birth have empathy. yeah, And empathy is an essential part of emotion in our life. When people at the birth have empathy, the outcome is better. Yes. Makes total sense to me, yeah? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, yeah. I've worked so long in birthing. I always felt like it's never about feeling sorry and, oh, God, is it painful? It's more about saying, yeah, I see you working. Let me see what can I do for you. How can I help you? Give you a exactly. good rub, mm -hmm. give you some good, you know, support. Say, wow, you're doing really well. All those things will have a much better and more positive effect than anything like saying, oh God, is it painful? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah? just turning the volume up on the pain for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, empathy is something that also, if you are a person that feels like you might not have more, uh, a lot of empathy left in you, again, I think it's something you can really bring up in someone. You can, again, uh, relearn, yeah? And I think empathy is something beautiful. If we don't have empathy, we have apathy. And that means you don't care. You don't even care about yourself. It means your heart is switched off. We can't listen to our soul, you know, to, to the source of energy of the universe, God, whichever you wish to call it. We can't hear that if our heart is shut down. And if we've shut down our heart because we've been hurt somewhere on the line and we're guarding ourselves, the only person you're punishing is yourself. Open up your heart to everything it needs to feel. Your, your spirit and your mind can calm that heart. But if you don't have that heart, how do you know how to care? How do you know how to have compassion? How do you know to be grateful? How do you know how to help someone else to be kindness? So we need to ignite our own hearts in order to understand that it's okay if we get hurt because that's part of living. Don't get stuck oh, yeah. in the hurtness. Don't get stuck in the pain. Just like pregnancy, like birthing, it's very, very painful for, for a little while while you're going through those last pushing out moments. That baby born, you forget everything. You forget all the pain in the world. All you have is the joy, the exhilaration, the ecstasy of that child in front of you. And you forget all about the pain. If we could treat the pain in our heart the same way, Right. You know, it's like, yes, I feel pain for that loss. I feel pain for that hurt, but I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to birth from that a different spirit, a different me, a different resilience and be open to that love again. That is a choice set, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I love what you say. And let me add in, you know, especially when you think about birth, birth. Uh, the moment you birth your baby, you are already reborn mm. into a different person, you know, because yes. you are born as a mother. Yes. And the father, even that he doesn't give birth, is in that moment birthed as a mm -hmm. father. And, you know, a whole family is born that moment. Yes. So in, I have to say, again, bring it back to some numbers. In psychology, giving birth is one of the five biggest events of our life. Five mm. is not very much, is it? And so, you know, it's a huge transition and it can happen so instantly. And the crazy thing is people know, women know, oh yeah, I'm going to give birth for so many months. But when it then happens, it's like absolutely mind-blowing. It's absolutely yes. amazing. And, you know, you just ask yourself, wow, what happened? From one moment to the next, everything is completely different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that yes. is, I think, the, the magic of the expression, birth. chalk or cheese, as <laughs> the English expression <laughs> <Yeah>. goes, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as I said, I, the moment that baby is put in front of you, you forget about who you were because all you know you are now is this mother. And, of course, you know, there comes a different chapter in your thing, whereas don't lose your identity as a person, you know, sure. and just be mother, you know, because I definitely did get lost in that. Um, and then kind of had to fight to get my own, person back it's let the child see you as your own identity as your own person you are who you are who is also a mother but don't lose that other identity but that's something you know in the first period of that oh. baby you are just you know in the nectar and you can't think of anything else other than that, that baby absolutely you know, right? and i think also it there is a need to really dive right in oh yes also enjoy it because you know that that is your first prize. Do you know this is what you've been longing for in all those months? I mean, that's also kind of what you have been preparing yourself yep. for in all those many months, yeah? Yes. In those nine months of your pregnancy. And so, you know, this is sort of the last final point. And then at the end, you when you when the baby is born, you have this magic transition into a mom. And because you never have been a mother before, mm -hmm. or a mother of two, or a mother of three. There's this kind of thing. I think, you know, in the beginning, there's a real need to really dive in, enjoy it, and also live it. And then I agree. Later on, there comes a point where you have to say, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, who did this, I used to be? There's <laughs> this mother, but there are these other parts. Yes. And, you know, but that, that, that doesn't come straight away in the first few No, weeks. no, no, no. no. It it's, it's, and also, I mean, babies change moment by moment you know oh, we yeah. have the beauty now of you know just taking out our phones and filming it you know we used to have to have the big cameras that we had on our shoulders oh, when yeah. my kids were young right <laughs> and i have albums here of photographs of photographs of photographs you know of my kids uh, because they change so quickly and you're you're, you're in awe i mean you as is my my oldest daughter's just turned 38 just last week and wow. it was uh, and my youngest who's pregnant is 32 and it, I look at those years and go, what, what, 38, almost 40 yeah. years? I, I can remember that. I can remember this. So you remember things in, in moments of your children's events, of things that happened with the family. And you, your, your entire album of life changes when you have children because it's measured Absolutely. by their growth. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. See, like uh, I see when I go see uh, families after the birth, just in the first 10 days, 14 days, four weeks, 12 weeks, how these little mm. human beings, yes. yeah, how they change so much, how they show their character. 
and what impact it has. And of course, I have to say, I'm honest, the first few weeks is always busy, yes. sleepless nights, yes. crying babies, <laughs> lots of burping, this and yeah. that, yeah. Full Sleep, nappies, eat no and poop. That's all they do, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it is, yeah. Not so much praying in between. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I always used to say even the Dalai Lama was born like that. And even yes. he had to go into a nappy, you yeah. know. That's the beginning of life. That's it just is. as it is. Yeah? Yes. The but, blank you know, canvas. Mm. Yeah, and it really is. But it also is fun because, you know, as you said, babies change so much. And so you are changing quickly alongside yeah. with them. And then at one point you settle into something. Then again, later on, it's time to look back and to say, okay, and where is all the rest? And how can I bring those pieces together and, you know, bring the puzzle together? It again. is not the time to get into a strict routine the moment the baby's born. Oh, no, right? No, no. You know, Absolutely um, the, not, it, no. this is about baby cries, you're picking up, you can't love it too much. You know, just let it cry. No, you can't love that baby too much. You can't hug it too much. The, the first two or three months is not the time for routine. You know, oh, it, no, no. that will come later as, as the child kind of gathers a rhythm and you understand the child's rhythm. Um, but if you're trying to do a routine right from the word go, oh, no, no, you're, you're, you can carry on crying, mate. I don't care. You've just had that. The baby doesn't <laughs> no, give a damn. No, no, no. You know, the again, baby's crying for a reason. See, here is again the thing with empathy. You yes, see? yes. Like when you do attachment parenting, it's about these kind of things. Yeah. Understanding that uh, a little person is just expressing their needs. And that, you know, you should feel for them because it's such a brand new world. Yes. It's such a like, have never been here, never had a belly ache, never had this, never experienced cold, never was lonely in my life inside the womb. There was always my mom next to me. Yeah, I could, I could hear, hear the heartbeat and had the warmth everything. of the fluid. Yes, exactly. You know, I think sometimes it's really important for people themselves to go back in time and just to put themselves into the shoes <laughs> of a tiny little baby when it's born. I mean, even if we all had this experience. But as I said to you, this is what I mean. These are the things that one should think of uh, when you're pregnant. This is how you prepare through the pregnancy for what comes after. And that will set, again, the filter, and it will set the path for everything that comes later on. Of course, there's always things you have no influence on, you know, like, say, what happened at your birth. Sometimes it's factor X. But the mm. thing is, again, let me say, when you have good resilience and when you have a positive mindset, when you have more optimism in your life, when you have uh, a good understanding of what works for you, how you work, what really helps you in crisis, no matter what happens, it will have an effect on whatever happens, say, even if it's something uh, negative. Right. That's the question. How can you deal with crisis? Yes. And, you know, people will do it in very different ways. And again, it's even something that will have, again, an effect on your baby. And then later on in life, as you present yourself as a parent, because children are very smart. They can tell when something is wrong oh, yeah. and they will look up. What are you doing? Uh, what are How is your action? How is your interaction? Yeah. And as I said, it's not to fake something. It's not just fake it until you make it. That's no. something you do in different times of life. And that's okay as well. But you know, like in crisis, and it's okay to show uh, children that you're sad, that you're upset, that you may be hurt, that you're angry, but then something positive has to come out of that. And that should not be an endless, endless, endless. Right. Yeah? Yeah. Because 
Yeah. That, that's when I said earlier, what is the meaning of your life? What kind of person do you want to be when, when you know, people celebrate your 80th birthday and say, mm. wow, yeah. this, that, this, that. What yeah. is in it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say when they stand at your uh, funeral because right <laughs> yes it would be nice to know it before we die but yeah uh, <laughs> right, exactly yeah i think if, i would prefer to know it before i die exactly yeah? when i'm dead i might not be able to listen <laughs> right. so well. i'm not going to be at that party yeah, yeah. Beforehand. you know yeah. the, the thing about um stress either where the baby's in the womb or just born it's the same with animals if the animals are playing up they're generally reflecting the anxiety that's within you right so if you get stressed once that baby is born and now the baby's crying more and you're getting stressed more because the baby's crying more it is essential you find a way to de-stress yourself because that's the only way you're going to de-stress your child absolutely correct because that's what i have been uh, telling my parents for god knows 37 mm. years mm -hmm. but see like often when i come to a family and the baby is very unsettled. And they tell me, oh, the baby is so unsettled and has been crying for hours. I'll pick up the baby. I'll talk a little bit to the baby. I'll do a bit of boom, 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 boom. Often the baby will really totally relax. Then the parents say, yeah, you're every time you come here, yeah. the baby is relaxed. I say, yeah, well, the baby is relaxed because the baby can sense that I'm not uh, afraid. I'm not stressed. Right. I'm not fearful. I pick it up. I say, okay, what's the problem? Let me have a look mm -hmm. <laughs> and I relax the baby because I'm relaxed. I usually teach parents yes. to be also relaxation techniques. And I tell them, you have to use those not only in the pregnancy, you should use them also after the birth because yes. it's ping pong. Yeah, exactly. Hormonal ping pong and activity and action ping pong. And uh, you know, how can we say mirror neurons ping yeah. pong? Yeah. Yes. It's this kind of thing, you wire yourself up. And the opposite is going to do exactly the same. So if you want wind down, oh, the opposite will also wind down. And babies right. will do the same. <laughs> exactly. They can't express themselves. And you know, the other thing is, is um, if parents are arguing or if parents are angst, a child, a baby, a child, before they can get to a point of asking questions or even for a long time after, if the parents are angry or upset, the child is going to think it's their fault. Because it's just, oh, they want to yeah. please you all the time, right? And if you're suddenly mad, you know, and what did I do wrong? And they don't understand and they become kind of fearful. You can get mad now and again, but let them know it's not them, right? Oh, you're absolutely right, yeah. Because, you know, children uh, think in very, how can we say, simple ways. Yeah. And for them... Very insular in their thinking, yeah, you know. The dots are very easily connected. And yeah. so it's just you, me... And me, yeah. yeah. And so this way, they will always feel like they are part of uh, everything that's going on. And it's true, they often will think it's their fault, even if it's nothing to do with them. And right. always children want to make things better for mom and dad. Yeah. That's even, I think, something they do already in the womb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. always want to help. They always want to make sure the source is okay. Yeah, because they're so strongly connected. And so that's why I think, you know, one has to, when you're pregnant, really feed into that channel, you know. And that's why what we think, what we feel, every action we do, every activity we do, what we say, all these things will resonate somehow and will have an effect. So that's why I think it's so important 
to really change your mind into yeah. a positive mind. Yeah, I think yeah. for me, that is one key for a good positive pregnancy, for a good, uh, you know, laying a pathway for a good birth, whatever that really means at the end for you. Mm. But, you know, that's why I think the spice of resilience is necessary. Yes. Absolutely. Because uh, in, in times like this, where so much up and down and really face it, people have lost jobs, feel very insecure. Uh, to really go through that period in our life, yeah, it needs these kind of things because that is the only way that will allow us to change and also to look for different opportunities and even create new ideas within us and for the world and for whatever is going on. I think one thing people need to understand when you're pregnant and going to give birth, yes, there are trillions and trillions and being God knows how many people born on this planet since the beginning of time. And yes, there's been people that died at birth and there are many people that have had many children. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, you were on with Bill Mackey and he had nine kids um, and six of those were birthed at home. The point is, it's not just a physical act. It's a psychological act as well. And it's the marrying of your psyche, your heart, your soul, your spirit and your mind so that your body can be in sync because a calm mind, a calm psyche, a full heart will help the birthing process so much more. So don't just look at it. Oh, yeah, off to go have the baby. Out it will come. It, you've got to get into the mind, heart and soul set in order to birth that child in a very peaceful way for both of you. Absolutely. I can't agree more than, yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% with you. And that is something, you know, that, um, yeah, modern people have to kind of relearn a little bit, mm. I have to say, yeah. I think there was times where this was more up for a certain group, it is still, but then for some others, it got lost a bit. And that has gone lost in the sense of, yeah, how we birth, what's going on, because often that feels very far away. Of course, it is always a connection of the people that are going to the birth. And again, I think, you know, uh, the midwife can, could play a very important role in that. Yes. Not to push someone into spirituality, but also to make them understand that it's a real person that mm. is going to be born. It's ready already. Yeah, it's yeah? a soul already. And, right? Yeah, so, you know, it's these kind of things. And I mean, very grateful that when I trained in the 80s, I already learned about Frederick Leboyer, who was such an amazing obstetrician. Yeah, I mean, such a beautiful man that brought back so much positive things into childbirth. And, you know, I have to say, so, you know, and I think it's these kind of things that the world really needs right now. So we really all have to step back mm. and think, what is it that we're doing? How are we doing it? And what could be a different way to really, even in difficult times, make it uh, the most amazing time of their lives, of our lives? Mm. <laughs> have you found the midwifery, you know, as I said, my daughter has midwives around her, but she still give birth in hospital. Um, 
you know, a hospital, it's always about a numbers game, you know, turning people over manufacturing in a sense. Uh, that's how it was when I was giving birth. Do you find that that has changed uh, uh, more now that they realize this baby's going to come when it wants to come? It's not by your time schedule. And the more relaxed you make the mother, the, the faster the child is going to come instead of like, oh, I don't know, it's been too long. You know, we don't want a lawsuit. Um, yeah. so are you seeing that that's changing or is it still oh, needs to change I more? I have to say, I think it still has to change more because, I mean, when you look into the world, it really varies very much from country to country. Germany has just released uh, a new paper about C-sections, which actually is going to change C-sections so that we will have less eventually. Mm. It also, you know, about the normality of healthy pregnant women. But... Um, in the world, you know, uh, I told you earlier before we started that we that I'm part of an independent uh, a group that is going to come uh, and start uh, working for independent midwifery in the world. So, you know, in some countries like India, for instance, midwives don't even exist. Yeah. Right. And uh, so, you know, I have to say, okay, in, in Germany, where I am right now, it's in some hospitals about timing. In some others, there are already parts of studies of natural childbirth and upright birth. So, you know, it varies from place to place. Altogether, I think Germany is doing quite okay, but uh, some countries are still, you look at Brazil, you look at China, you look at Turkey, Morocco, you look at India. Uh, I mean, um, crazy high C-section rates, globally still 30 to 80%. Right. Some countries almost yeah. 90%. And so that tells you it's about money, not about, uh, yeah. you know, an experience or really, you know, allowing a woman, uh, a couple to really step into parenthood or motherhood. It's just about, I want to play golf and yes, let me exactly. make some real cash. Yeah. So I, I think had, that's... C-section with my third one, but just because he looked at the horrors of my last two pregnancies, my last two deliveries, and said, "No, <laughs> you know, you were in a coma. We nearly lost the kid. You're having a C-section yeah. this time." So, um, but, but look, Sarah, I have to say, I don't mind a C-section if it's when it's done needed, for a good reason, yes. and really needed. Yeah, I'm not, not anti for convenience or anything. Right. You know, I think at the end. Uh, I met amazing doctors uh, in all kinds of areas. It's a question of individual people and their opinion about the meaning of birth. And that is something, you know, uh, you know, it's not even the place, I've, you know, as much as I love home birth, but, you know, the majority of women will give birth in a hospital. So for me, it's all about how can we change the whole picture of birth yes. into a positive one? Because that is needed, because I'm also very realistic. After being a midwife for so many years, you know, we have so many choices. We will keep them. Hospitals will be there. And, you know, also when you have uh, women that have great uh, medical problems, I'm ever grateful that they can get good help. Yes. Uh, and, you know, safely give birth, even when there's major complications. Because I have uh, a couple of women right now in my care that are all in very early weeks and have great complications. And I'm really grateful that I have the ability and the possibility to send them straight to hospital because I have a colleague in Uganda. And in Uganda, I have to say, okay, now, this is not really our topic tonight, but mm -hmm. if you don't have any mother kit, uh, if you don't have any money, no matter how bad your uh, uh, condition is, they will send you out. You could die in front of the hospital. 
And so, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that would be a completely different uh, interview birthing in the world. And I tell you, there's a lot of stuff going on. And so, you know, can't say in general, I think it will be still need, need a lot of work to make it good, but I would like it to become good all Very over well. the world. Because I think- Well, as you talk about, you know, it. empathy, <coughs> you know, if we can't, haven't got empathy for humanity and you're looking at money first, then, then we have a real problem. And that's the problem that really has been um, expedited the, the disease and all of the problems of the world in the last mm. God knows how long, 30, 40 years, that money was the power, money was the dictation. And, it, and if you couldn't pay the money, then you can die. Where We're turning now back to humanity and that the investment in people, in their health, in their lives will produce more productivity. So, but we've still got places where it's the money the first, right? So, yeah. again, COVID has really shown that the people that, you know, you know, if you don't wave the flag all the while that everything is free for them, the vaccine and everything else, the treatments, then you're going to have more deaths on your hands. So, yeah. so tell us about the Academy Elements of Birth. Oh, my Academy, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, you're such uh, sweet. Yeah, the Academy... Is, uh, uh, is, you know, two ways. One thing is uh, the academy is uh, the courses and classes for parents to be. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, online courses. And there is yet a few more to come. Some will be birthed this year because, you know, COVID also inspired me. And then uh, at the moment, this is not really up yet. Will be also a part for birth workers. That is also on the way out. Because uh, in the past, I've learned that I have to go two ways. One thing is working with all those moms. And, you know, as I said to you, uh, last year, I think I put almost a thousand people through my courses. Mm. Yeah, that is, was an amazing number. Yeah. And the academy will be also pointing towards international midwives and birth workers, whether it's doulas, um, uh, hypnotherapist, yoga teacher, anyone who works somehow in connection with pregnant women. And so I will create programs for that. As I've been sharing stuff already on conferences and teaching workshops on conferences in many different countries, now I think it's the time to really put it together and put it out. So a new book will be on the way out this year. This year, 21, is the birth of many things. But that is my academy. Mm -hmm. Show us your own the book from before, love. Ah, uh, yeah. Here is the book, Happy Birthing Days, A Midwife's Secret to a Joyful, Safe and Happy Birth. A book that uh, I have to say, let me tell a quick story about the book, mm -hmm. if that's okay. Someone contacted me for Instagram. Uh, it was a woman from Jordan. And she said to me, uh, dear Mrs. Yuta, <laughs> I'm so scared of giving birth that, you know, I was even thinking about uh, aborting my baby because I felt like I couldn't face being pregnant and giving birth. Then I found you on Instagram and then I found your book. And now I bought your book. I read your book in just one day. I feel there is some hope. I've answered to the woman. Then I didn't hear anything. Then, you know, many weeks later, I got another message on Instagram said, Dear Mrs. Jutta, it's me again, the name. I just wanted to say, you are uh, responsible 
for the natural, beautiful birth of my very big baby. And I can't even express my gratitude to you. I'm so thankful. I will never ever forget you, your book and all the work you do because it helped me to overcome my fears and to be able to have a beautiful birth. So mm -hmm. even a book, yeah, a yeah. book that is available as a paperback as well as an audio book. Yeah, uh, like my programs, all of that uh, is something that can actually help you to feel better, more positive, yeah, to learn to relax and distress. Right. I mean, you know, let's face it, it can be scary. You know, it can be scary being pregnant, you know, that there's so much, there's so much going on in your hormones, you know, and then of course the, this baby is growing and of course it's hurting your back and you can't sleep. And, and then, you know, the anxiety, I remember, I think at the eighth month going, you know, can I do this? Can I send you back? And the answer, no, <laughs> there is only one way out, you know, uh, so there is always the anxiety, you know, uh, that goes through it, but that's where we need to understand our resilience. And if we have the tools, how to breathe, how to reduce the anxiety, how to get into the flow, then we, we're looking at fear in the eye saying, no, you're not welcome here. I'm going to face whatever I need to face and I'm going to face it mm. calmly in the right breath, in the right rhythm. And we're going to get through this together. So, you know, I don't care who you are. I've done it three times. There's always that moment you get. Ah! And, to oh, have, yeah. you know, have the, the tools at hand and go, it's okay now. Ah, let it out. Take a breath. You know what you need to do. But a lot of people like once the baby's born, you know, that you're meant to automatically know everything about raising a oh, child. No. You know, it's the, it's, we, we learn very much by, you know, the interaction, but guidance from people who have been there before, guidance from people who, who know what they're talking about helps us be better parents or helps us birth better. So having a book like that and the fact that you've got audio as well, you know, a lot of people like to just listen to mm. a book and not just read it um, is great because how many people, we're still going to keep having babies. Oh, well, when the, having babies is never going to run out of fashion. Yeah. No. And so, you know, in the academy, I have different programs, whether it's about happy birthing mind, how to also uh, happy birthing days. I have a mama deluxe program. So I have really different things for, for people at different stages and whatever is in their range, what they need and what they want. But I have one thing I know for sure. I don't think in my lifetime, birthing is going to get out of fashion. And babies, please, let's just have babies, you know. It's the second oldest process on the planet to have a baby. Right. We know what comes before. I'm not going to say that now. Yeah. How, how did that happen? But, you know, for me, that is something I always tell people, but giving birth is as old as human beings are, yes. you know. Humans. Yes. And, yeah, there is yeah, nothing that is as old as that. So I always say, look, people, has been around forever. So I'm sure we can keep it going and we can keep it up. Right. <laughs> now, you've also got this ev event, uh, webinar jam, uh, the Midwife Method for Calm, Confident Birth. Is yeah, that that's going to come up next uh, on Thursday, the 21st. Uh, 6 p.m. You know, what is it then? European time. God, I'm always right. confused. Yeah, so I'm going to post that out. And that is a webinar where I'm going to speak about, you know, uh, the three most important things that one really has to know to, to be able to be free of fear, positive, to have a good birth. Yeah, so it's the, uh, like a three-step method that I'm going to share. 
Definitely. And of course, it's for free. It's going to be fun, yeah? Yes. Because usually it's fun to, to come to my webinars. And then also, of course, there will be time to ask questions specifically about yeah, what's going on and what's going on or maybe not going on. But I will yeah. also share some mistakes, the most common mistakes that women do and that really, really should be avoided. But I'm not going to tell them now because I want you to come to the webinar. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, it's, I've had three uh, <clears throat> and I look at the first birth. Um, my first birth, I was very grateful to have an Irish midwife with me in hospital because it got to a point I was too exhausted to push and she was like pushing for me, you know, and, uh, and the way she took care of me afterwards. As I said with my son, it was a horrific birth. They took him off immediately. Um, I was left with a nurse that didn't like me and left in the fluids, no blanket, no tea, nothing oh, completely contrary to the birth before, told I was an evil person because I didn't believe in her religion. And uh, it was a bad experience. And then, you know, my third one was a C-section. And so I was awake through all of it. And of course, baby put on me and uh, it was, uh, but I had two children to go home to. So it wasn't the same relaxation. <clears throat> so your first birth your first birth you've got time to just immerse yourself in the baby because there aren't any other demands when you get to second third or more births you've got other kids to look after and that's where you need your village that's where you need other people to step up and help you with those children so that you can give attention to that new baby and come out of that new baby fog that's there. So all of these things you only learn if you go through it, unless somebody else has told you about it beforehand. And you weren't around when I was having my babies. <laughs> I, think. Oh, <laughs> I didn't have anybody telling me this. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that I wasn't around. You know? ah, where were you? I needed you. <laughs> I think I was in somewhere in, in the south of Germany. Yeah, uh, because when was your first baby born? Um, um, my babies are 82, 84, and 88. Well, look, 82, sorry, I was not even in midwifery school. Uh, 84, I was in midwifery school, so you would have been welcome to come to Stuttgart. And 88, <laughs> I was already working as a midwife, but mm -hmm. elsewhere. And, you know, but I know what you mean with that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it was a very different time, and in most countries also not pleasant to give no. birth no. and you know was very little help and very little uh, how can we say yeah I mean as I told you a long time ago in our first interview years back I trained according to Leboyer I was lucky I trained in a hospital where you know birth was very about uh, the woman woman centered baby centered where we had dim lights and mm -hmm. candles and we were breathing babies out and you know, you had a big double bed where the partner could go in and we were all crawling and we had wonderful pillows and you could give birth in any position. But, you know, also that was not a wide uh, reality all over Germany. No. And so, you know, there was already midwifery care. If you would go home, you could have a midwife coming to your home for about 10 days to see how you're going. All of that was already there in Germany. But I know, depending on where you give, give birth or have given birth, Sometimes, you know, the climate was rather harsh. Be quiet, shut up, just push it out. Yeah. What, no time. And, you know, if you were, I don't know where you gave birth the first time in, in the UK or in, in Ireland. No, all in Canada. 
all in all Vancouver. In yes. But you know, maybe it was very busy, big hospital. Yeah, well, the, the hospital was new with my first one, but they had built it too small. And, oh, uh, it, God, and yeah. it was just, you know, filled to capacity. And uh, she was the 30th of, of uh, uh, December. So, you know, oh. it was also a busy time there as well. Um, but yeah, and it was actually in a, a, a lunar moon eclipse at that time. She was born in the oh. last seven minutes of the eclipse. So, wow. Yeah. That is <laughs> amazing. It was very much, you know, um, you, you know, I went to Lamar's classes and things like this, but, you know, there, I never felt I really was prepared for mm. what was going to come or what I was going to go through or anything else. And, uh, and I think that preparation puts your mind at ease um, and it helps you um, when, if something comes up, how to address it and not get panicked about it. So the more we know, you know, the more we can attend to it without getting you know, hysterical about it, which is Knowledge easy to is do. Power. You know. It is, it is. But you know, Sarah, the thing is, can I say one thing? Okay, when it comes to classes, a lot of people roll their eyes and tell me how boring classes are. And I say, yeah, I, I know, I know. I know that classes can be boring because I had to sit through some classes where I even thought, oh, let me out of here. Yes, exactly. You know, for me, classes should be about, you know, they should incorporate the things we talked about. Because, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't need, uh, you don't, how can I say, classes are often stuck just in technical things. Yes. But that's not helping to give birth. No. Who cares about the three stages of labor? Far more interesting is how can you get yourself into those stages? Right. What kind of atmosphere do you need? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, if people have more optimism and resilience and they know how to, you know, work as a couple, well, then, you know, they also have very different approaches. You know, they, they are more into massaging, hugging, kissing. Yes. They encourage each other. It's a lot of things that will make a process like this so much more uh, doable, nicer, less scary, more like a journey together. I yes. like to look at it this way, uh, like even a celebration. But it needs a specific class that gives you this feeling that, yeah, you are really excited you are looking forward to the day of the birth. And so you should, yeah. Yes. Your partner should be excited. You should, yeah, I want to be there. I want to massage. I want to breathe along. I want to encourage you. I want, I want to hold your yeah. hand like that. Yes. Okay. The Beatles already said, love, love, love. I mean, look, it has been there all the way. So, yeah. you know, I think all these things have great importance and they at the end will make the difference. But as yeah. I said, this is a preparation that, you know, it's a process through all those months of the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And no matter at which point you can start even late. Yeah. Never think, oh God, it's too late. It's never too late no. to change your mind. Never. No. You no. Know? And it's no. something you can always do throughout your whole, whole life. No one has to be stuck in the hole. No one has to be, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a pessimist for all their life. You can choose and you can change. Right. And, you know, the, the preparation for giving birth is the preparation for going through life. And, you know, this is why I'm saying with so many people with that inner child that needs to be attended, you, know, you can use the same preparational skills to go into that inner child, nurture and love that inner child and set it free. It, it, you know, birthing doesn't stop at a baby being born. We are always rebirthing ourselves in one way or the other. And there are some techniques that can help us get us through that rebirthing. Um, but there are, there are some common denominators that whether you're pregnant, birthing, or just living life is, is the practices that you need to get into 
right? Certainly the breath, the right positive attitude, gratitude, kindness, compassion, oh. empathy. Those, those should be in your backpack all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why, you know, when I speak about this topic, I usually tell people, look, whatever you learn, whatever you do, is going to be good for the rest of your life. You know, it's, it starts at this point because often pregnancy is a gate opener, a door opener. I've learned that, yeah? yeah. Because at that point in time, many couples are interested in uh, some other things, you know? Suddenly they're interested in acupuncture and homeopathy, natural methods, uh, different ways, yeah? Because they feel like, oh, they want to protect their baby. And so it's during COVID even more. And you know, this is something I've really learned in all my years. So it's often a, a good starting point for different attitudes, new habits, and yeah, really things that will change the rest of your life. Definitely. Absolutely. Now, can you give people, um, it's the academy.elementsofbirth.com and they'll find all the information on there, whether they wish to train to be a midwife or whether they're pregnant, right? can't train a midwife legally i have right. to say no they will find uh, more stuff on elementsofbirth.de the academy okay. is where uh, the online programs are but if people would go to my website elementsofbirth.de or utahwohlrap.com that's where they can get in touch with me and find some things okay all right. And, uh, and then, of course, the webinar, they can sign up for it now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They can sign up for it now. And uh, they can also, if they, mm, they can sign up for it now on my page, they can sign up on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever they find this link for webinar, uh, they can just click on it and get into it. It's for free. And so everyone who is pregnant is invited because it will be about pregnancy specifically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, you're on YouTube and I mean, not YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. What under, what are you under there? Or you can find uh, me under elements of birth or Jutta Wohlrab, both things. Instagram can, is Jutta Wohlrab. Can you spell that please pe for people? Uh -huh. J U W T A. W O H L R A B. Don't try to pronounce it. Not going to. <laughs> yeah. And on Facebook, you can find me under my name and also in Elements of Birth. That's uh, one of my pages. I have different ones. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and Elements of Birth, there are a lot of elements to birthing. And of course, they can get your book from Amazon or is it on your site? Or you can find the book on Amazon, any Amazon, Amazon.com, Amazon.de, UK. Yeah. And the audio book as well on Amazon. It's on Audible. And yeah, what else? I think that's plenty. Right. And if the <laughs> webinar is a different time zone for people, is it something that they will be able to watch later? Oh, okay. Sorry. Thanks for asking. Thanks, Sarah. Okay. So if you're in a time zone where you can't participate in the webinar, of course, there will be a recording because usually I have an audience, an international one, and I know some people are happily in bed while <laughs> I'm talking along. So there is always a, a recording. And once you've signed up for the webinar, you will uh, get uh, the recording of the webinar. Right. Yeah? Okay, good. Yes, Absolutely. it depends where you are in the world, right? All the yeah, different exactly, time zones. Yeah, because, you know, 
as we know, sometimes the time zones are just so far away that when it's evening in Germany, it's the middle of the night elsewhere. Exactly. And of course, um, as you are a three-timer now here with us at selfdiscoverymedia.com, all people have to do is just put in your name, Jutta, J-U-T-T-A, and all three of your shows will come up. And I do invite people to go back and listen to the other shows because we do talk about the rights of birthing, of you know, being able to speak to your doctor, what can you ask, what you can't. And then the second one, we talked about uh, natural birthing and, and uh, the alternative, and of course this one. So all three of these shows will be on that one page there as well, but I do invite people to go back and listen to the other shows as well. It's always a delight to have you. Got to have you back on again without so many years in between. Thank you. That will be awesome. And I actually look forward to it. And then there is so many more things to talk about. Well, can yes. I say again, really, thanks from the bottom of my heart. I'm really happy that I came back. I wish you all the best on the way becoming a grandmother. <laughs> that is so exciting. Yes. And I mean, I know that you and me sort of, look into the same direction yeah and you know i think every piece that everyone does is just absolutely important and yes we will change the world mm. that's for sure because yeah. anything any changes that happen in the world happen because of us so let's make it good changes exactly right Thanks. and when is your new book going to be ready oh well i have to say i think you have to give it about at least six months i'm okay. realistic well, we will have you back on talking about different things, but definitely when the book comes back on, we'll have you back on okay. again there too. So thank you. And um, yeah, you know, whether you're birthing a child or birthing yourself, birthing a spirit, birthing an idea, preparation, positivity, empathy, the breathing, everything is important. So this isn't just for people who are giving birth. This is for people who are also giving birth to a new idea or a new person within themselves and it's so it's um it's just get yourself in the right frame of mind right absolutely definitely get yourself into the positive yeah right frame of mind and that will help you day by day no matter whether you are pregnant right or just the person that really feels like time for good change yeah because yeah. i think now is a good time for change excellent time Excellent. Um, I'm very optimistic about what our tomorrows are going to be because we've seeded a lot. We've seen so much change, the shift more to humanity, to equality, to love, to harmony, and that has gathered a momentum. And if we can take that beautiful momentum and bring it to everything that we do and everything that we are, we're going to see that better world that we're all seeking. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Correct. Well, thank you so much, love. It's been a pleasure having you back here again. Yeah, really, my pleasure as well. So I wave goodbye at you from Berlin and say, well, I look forward to seeing you again. And I also look forward to everyone from this audience to join me for this or that, my webinar, my book, mm -hmm. or one of my programs. Yeah. yeah? Because I yeah. created them to really bring a positive change into right and into the world it should yeah. be a wonderful experience and it is if you know how to prepare for it how to get centered enough to go through it and you're the expert on it you've birthed over 3,000 children you've been doing this for 38 years or third around yeah. there so you know you know what you're talking about so by reading the book listening to the webinar listening back to these shows people are going to get the information they need and how to handle this and as you said knowledge is powerful 
right? You, you have to be succinct and go with your own rhythm and flow. But if you've got the knowledge and knowing what to do, you know how to let the flow happen. That's it, exactly. I can just say, yeah, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. And love, love, love. Always love. As I said, the moment that baby's in your arms, you love like you've never known how to love in your life ever. And But it, it's a, a different kind of love altogether. And everything is worth it. Everything you go through is worth it. And it's a beautiful experience. So the more you're prepared for it, the more you can have this sensational experience. So thank you, Judah. Until next time, folks, remember, it's about participation, preparation, mindset, heart, soul set in order to get your body ready for whatever birth you're going through. Until the next time, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.